Oh shit. Holy crap. Hey, we're back. Mikey. Hey, yeah, that's right. This is uh Mikey K back for Radio Mofo and uh with who? My name's Todd. Sometimes known as Springer. Sometimes known as the big cuddly ball of love. It's true, I, I cuddle strong, I cuddle firm. Your cuddle game is good? Oh yeah, totally. What about totally. your foot massage game? Oh, that's PhD, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we, we, we could maybe see if we could figure out how to do a cuddle patrol instead of hug patrol. Oh, God. No, 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 no. It's fine for you. You were <laughs> in the station. I was in the field. I, I was, was the one putting oh. life and limb in, in, you know, in jeopardy. We've told the story before, but I was I was more concerned that you went like radio silent for a very long time. Oh God, I saw that ankle <laughs> underneath that that blanket. It's like oh God, it's kind of like the shark fin in Jaws, just the tremors of terror. But anyways, go go back to the old Mofo audio and find that story. Yeah, it's uh, under Hug Patrol, I believe, or we're just talking about dumb radio bits, but. I'm back. I'm actually, I took a little vacation to, uh, let's call it the Pokey. Um, I did get to see something really cool, though, last week. Is it the Carney story? No, no. I Yeah, for those of you who have not initiated into what you do there, there is nothing to do, and everybody's trying to potentially figure out a way to get out of their situation. And this guy who was a Carney for his basically his entire life, he had a perfect mullet, too. It was halfway down his back, but he was totally, he was kind of like totally bald in the middle. Okay. You can just see him running the tilt-a-whirl, like blasting Def Leppard, you know? Nice. Yeah, but he needed me to help him write a resume. <laughs> like, what were his job skills? We just kind of made it up because he did a lot of maintenance and repairs and, and yeah, stuff it's, it's like useful, that. yeah. And a lot of meth. <clears throat> a lot of meth. He's, he's going to prison, we'll just say that. Um, no, we just said his skills were mechanical abilities and things, and then he goes, would you hire me? And he's got like five teeth, and I'm going, oh, God. No. Oh, God. No, I'm sorry. I know I helped you with this, but no, I wouldn't. Anyway, I did get to see what happens when a CO, for those of you not initiated, corrections officer, also known as a screw, um gets tased when they're actually fighting with an inmate. One of the new recruits there actually screwed up and ended up tasing a very large woman who is a who is a CO there while they were fighting with some and knocked her out instead. Wow. Yeah, yeah, she ended up having to take like a week off of work and when she came back we started calling her Taser Tina and going pew 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 whenever we saw her. But what yeah, well, punishment. Well, her old nickname was Dump Truck, so Taser Tina was kind of an improvement. Do I want to know about Dump Truck? Well, she's just huge. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Right. Cement mixer doesn't have the ring to it. All right, oh, um, Roadblock was another one. Oh, that'd be a good one. These all sound like G.I. Joe characters from the 80s. That's true. Well, Roadblock, definitely. Yeah, or I think the, he was one. Or like the Transformers. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Transformers, yep. 
yeah, so I took a little vacation and I'm back. And we need to uh, get as we need. This is our New Year's episode. Let's just do it now. First of all, are you going to try and pull off a resolution this year? No, God, no. Gee, I, why? I, I don't do anything bad. What's to, what's to resolve? What's to fix? I, I should resolve to, like, you know, find more waitresses to give foot massages to. But, you know, it's just... Should we put your phone... Want to put your cell phone number on here and see if we can... No, no. Jeez, no, dude, no. <laughs> you know, I like how you always try to volunteer me for shit. Well, the thing is, I I'm already proud of the fact that I could be a girl's rock bottom so that I have no I have no issue doing that no you're 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 not rock bottom I mean I, you know, a, a, a decent woman would date you because she likes you and you treat her well I mean I've never seen you mistreat a woman you mistreat yourself frequently but um, well yeah that's but it's as a, far as, you know, granted, yes, you have a lot of baggage, but I mean, you're not like a gaslighting shitball using her for a cum dumpster kind of guy. So Yeah. And you know, the thing that actually really used to get on my nerves was everybody thought I was a complete van whore when I was at the station and when I worked downtown, especially downtown, because I was, I played, I DJed sober. I don't know how. Um, and I drove a lot of like waitresses and I drove people that I knew home all the time. It, especially when I had my truck, we just threw everybody in the back of the truck. Cause if they puked nice. in there, I could just hose it out. There you go. But well, I got like problem. this, I heard it actually in the TC dorm that I got. Let's share another story. Um, my first, my almost attempt at a three-way. God. Between myself, my, my good buddy, who actually impregnated a girl on my bed later on and oh uh, a girl from the dorm let's just say it, it started and it got so weird that i made eye contact and that was the end of it but then i got the reputation of being a man whore in the dorm so okay. lesson lesson to those of you in uh threesome situations it doesn't matter how good friends you are if you're about to do something like finger cuts, don't make eye contact. God, I hope my parents never listen to this. Yeah, yeah. Finger <laughs> cuffs. Jesus, that takes me back. Clerks 3 is out now, by the way. I know. I know. What the hell? I just. It's like Kevin Smith has got nothing else to do. We could try and do a viewing party kind of thing where we where we both watch at the same time and get some other people in on it. I think you can do that on Amazon. We get a we get, we need to get like Ben Black to pick out some sort of obscure horror movie and do it with that because I mean that that'll throw some weird shit at us because I as much as I like Kevin Smith movies I mean I think everybody's just kind of fanboy all over him. I mean seriously he's been like he's like Bukaki fanboy love so yeah and um, there's like a lot of. There is so much dialogue in those movies that you've got to pay attention. I mean, that was the best part of the first one. That oh, and everybody wow. everybody called me Randall when I was in high school, too, because they thought I was destined to be him. I don't think they're far off, though. I was telling somebody who's never seen that movie about the uh, the scene where Randall's ordering porno movies in yeah. front of the... Chicks front with of the, the, 
Yeah, for the mom with the little kid. Put it where it doesn't belong. And what's what's the what do you need now? Happy scrappy hero pup. Yeah, yeah. Like oh my god, you know. And that's that scenario had to have happened a million times back in the day, especially <laughs> in the more skeezy, you know, video rental places. Did you ever go into Best Buy's? The one that was downtown in La Crosse? Oh yeah, yeah. When I turned eighteen, I went there with my buddy, and my buddy got carded and he was older than me but i didn't get carded sometimes having that big round high forehead was useful you already looked like an old pervert pretty much pretty much actually we bought a video from there the nastiest one that we could find when we found out our roommate was or the guy next door was stealing cable from us and looped the tape and plugged into a vcr into the coax that was going into his house so all he got was this like crazy I can't. I can't say the word anymore because it's offensive. Uh, a short person's porno movie. Lots oh of. Oh my! We looked for just the nastiest one that we could find, and then it looped it, and that's all he got on his TV until we, until he finally figured out what we were doing. Oh my god, that's funny. He had a kid too. Oh my god! Yeah, we think we screwed up that kid. Yeah, probably. I'm horrible. Oh, the other thing I always get to is I'm Chandler. And what? I guess. I guess oh. I'm a smart ass, but I don't know. Anyway, New Year's. Oh, yeah. Nice to bring that back around. Let's. Should we talk about the, the tradition of the New Year's party or Christmas? New Year's slash Christmas party. We'll do both. Because it was usually after New Year's when they did it. Well, it, that's because usually on New Year's, we were doing an event someplace at a bar or a club. And, you know, so we were all expected to be there and, like, host and run around and do stuff. And sometimes we get to drink free drinks because they have a tab. But all the part-timers would show up and drink free in the tab and jack that fucker up. Well, that was the cool thing about parties like when we did at the freight house is they started off, they said, everybody can have two free drinks. Here's your drink cards. And then once the operation head guy, our favorite little friend, yep. and the radio hall name that we're definitely not going to mention for his sake, um, would get hammered enough that suddenly the bar was open. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I still remember the absolute drunkest I was ever at it was uh, the one we had at, it used to be uh, it used to be this place um, called Albert's and you know so we had the Christmas party there and then what they did as part of our gift was they gave everybody a taxi voucher so nobody had to worry about driving home they just had to call the taxi to take them home no matter where they lived and so then everybody proceeded to just start double fisting drinks <laughs> just getting hammered and oh my god and you know it's a, it's a miracle we all got home in one piece you know and then of course a bunch of us had to come back the next morning to pick up vehicles but it was worth it well and there's always this weird tension especially between salespeople and radio people there's a cool few radio salespeople that would help us out and throw bone our way from time to time but otherwise there's always that just rivalry like what bullshit do you have me selling now or Am I really going to have to do ads for uh, Herpes Awareness Week or something like that for the <laughs> UW or like whatever the production director shafted me with that nobody else wanted to do? And then we'd all meet at this party. 
and it would either go really well or there's i can't remember her name she wore like a sparkly dress one year one of the salespeople. she was the only one dancing on the dance floor by herself like grinding and it was awful but at the freight house i remember going you see that bottle up there that's like dusty i want to try that <laughs> you know nice getting paid but do you remember a casino night at the radisson yeah that one that was okay uh, it, well the casino stuff was run by something over at the university and they didn't have good gear it was all this knockoff stuff and you know they didn't really have like a proper uh, like roulette not the wheel there's a decent little wheel but like the, the felt layout like for that and for some of the other games, it was just this rollout thing, and it was all like wrinkly and shit. You know, so you, you couldn't really like. It didn't really feel like you were doing like a real casino night where you're working on like, you know, professional, well-maintained, sharp equipment. More like a casino night at like a nursing home or a bingo yeah, hall. Pretty much. Pretty much. See, the thing about that though was the first part of the night, and the disappointing thing. Um, was I had a remote at a roller skating rink during the first part of it. That's yeah. the night when they put me on rollerblades because they knew I could skate and the strap broke on it while I was on the air with the microphone and I ran face first into a wall. Nice. In front of a whole bunch of kids. But no, we had to do, we always did like some kind of a presentation or something and that was when we did the Real American Heroes sandcastle thing. Was, was that at that event? Yes, and I wasn't there for the part where they presented it. And it was it was the Bud Miser presents Real American Heroes, and ours was about this stupid charity sandcastle thing that lasted fucking months with pointless meetings. I think you were on the committee for it. Oh, yeah, I, I was a part of that for years. And... uh but our, our commercial, I mean, we decided to push the boundaries on it because everybody else is playing it pretty straight. Theirs were kind of straight up send ups of like the beer commercial. Yeah. And, and we I did actually, ours in America. You were like shrieking in a falsetto. Yeah. And, you're that motherfucker. Um, yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, we got a lot of laughs out of people. But of course, we're also kind of looking over our shoulder to see if the bosses are like grinding their teeth or not. Well, that was the funny thing about it is we had our staff meeting when we were going to decide what we wanted to do. And I went, the sandcastle thing. And everybody went, yeah. And Brian looked at me like, watch it. And I'm like, no, we're going all out. I think it took like five minutes to write the script. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I will. I have it. I have it. I'll add it to the end of the podcast here. So we can actually play that. But that that casino night was also the one where we all headed downtown. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, if, if, you know, once the party was over and the free drinks were over and there's no more to be had and we were close to downtown, we'd meander down there. Yeah. I remember that, that one year, one of my first years, Keith asked me to pick him up at his house if we both live in the same town. He's like, yeah, come on over for a pint of Merlot. I'm like, what? A pint? Yeah. So basically, when he would get home from work, he would get out a beer pitcher and he would fill it up with a double sized bottle of Merlot. And I just drink pints of Merlot the rest of the afternoon into the evening. So, anyways, I get over there. So we have a pint of Merlot, and then we jump in my car. And we head over, and then later on, his wife joined us at the party. 
and she got done at her job and then she took them home. But yeah, I just remember that tight of Merlot. Keith was usually pretty entertaining at those parties. That and I think the drunkest that I ever saw him was when we did the Oktoberfest parade on that float. Is that the one where we're, we're drinking the Fosters? Fosters and Keith had a bottle of Absolute that he like wrapped up in a paper bag like a hobo because that was the first year they said we couldn't be seen yeah. drinking on the float so we had can koozies and yeah, that's when we actually hopped off the float at the time and ran to a quick trip to pee. Yep. And ran yep. a couple blocks to get back on the float. <laughs> and then we get over the viaduct and all the college kids are there and they're handing us up jello shots and margarita jello shots. Oh, the thing yeah. was with that too is then I had to like rally and then DJ downtown that night. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, those Oktoberfest parades were some awesome parties. I mean, that's back when the parades were super, super long. And oh, we were God. usually towards the back. And, like, yeah, that one year we had to go get more beer because we drank all of our booze waiting for the parade to start. Yeah, we got there at, like, 8 in the morning. Yeah, and I don't... had to put, you know, speakers and shit onto the yeah, yeah. Uh, back of the semi-trailer. And then Keith had always had a jug of uh, Bloody Mary mix. That was uh, the news guy's secret recipe. Yeah, yeah. And oh, you know, so that God. was gone in no time. How the hell nobody fell off that float? You actually well, rode it. You stuck to the middle. But we rode it from the parking lot of that place over to where we parked for the parade route, like hanging on for dear life while the guy was flying down West Avenue. Ah, good times. Yeah, but I think that was... That was another one. I don't know how any of us didn't get arrested, but um, anyway, New Year's parties. You know, oh, the, yeah, we that, keep getting off the subject. Jesus, I know we got so much good stuff though. But I mean, the, the most awkward part about the New Year's party was like the next Monday. <laughs> oh, and they're yelling at us about the bar tab. No, about when you would see the salespeople after what you saw, what they're really like. When they're... Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, like, the, like the, the buttoned up ones, they got real fun. Yeah, I mean, they knew we were all trucks or, you know, could party, but we never saw the salespeople. And this is, we went to one place, we went to one bar we were talking about, um, and this, one of the sales managers came with me and I had actually admittedly just gone in the bathroom of that bar with a buddy of ours and gotten in just insanely high and then walked out in front of a whole bunch of people and slapped them on the back as hard as he could and said we're we're Kevin's bitches <laughs> well yeah yeah he was anyway. the money so you have no like resolution or anything like that huh I don't know, try and get into better shape, maybe. You have a, I have two really good, crazy New Year's moments, do you? All right. Um, they both involve the New Year's baby. Okay, you go ahead. The first one was back when sneakers was still around. And it was, the fun thing about that place was it was just an absolute madhouse. It didn't. No one cared if it got trashed because it was a dump already. 
And we had a bouncer that was just enormous, but he looked like Baby Huey. Jeez. So we actually convinced him to wear a diaper and a sash and like just socks and shoes. By the way, do you ever look more weird when you're naked if you put on a pair of socks and shoes? What's weirder, just being naked or wearing socks and shoes? I don't know. Think about it for a second. Do you feel weirder if you were just standing in a place with your only your shoes and socks on? Okay, for sake of argument, yes. Otherwise, you're just naked. I mean, big deal. I've been naked. Know, next, next, next time I'm running around the house naked, I'll go put some socks and shoes on and see if there's a aesthetic difference. If you're listening and you haven't tuned us out already, give it a shot. Anyway, the ways that we kind of help, you know, add, add some seasoning to your life if you have a boring life. Yeah, really. I mean, wear some dress shoes. Get fancy. I like to think we're the complete opposite of Instagram. We're not trying to influence you in any way or blow a bunch of smoke up your ass about how great our fucking lives are. Oh, no. I, this, I'm, like, again, train wreck. Oh, God. I, what always makes me want to puke is, like, people post on their social media is, like, me and my great love... My lover, my love. It's like it's like that one old sketch on a Saturday Night Live, the hot tub couple. Oh yeah, yeah, lover. Yeah, and I just want to like puke in my mouth, and I'm like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> you know, it's, I'm sure he drops a deuce in front of you, and probably you know gives you a Dutch oven when you're in bed. You probably queef for him. You know, it's just like I don't know where this whole Hallmark bullshit comes from, but you know, people are people. Anyway, we dressed this guy up like Baby New Year, and exactly at midnight got him on the stage, hit the lights, and this guy just went absolutely bonkers. And the diaper ended up getting ripped off of him at one point. Oh, God. Yeah. And he was more or less helicoptering up on the stage. Oh, Jesus. Baby New Year 2 actually happened in Atlanta not not even it's just weird how this happened but I went with a friend of mine I we, we had nothing going on for New Year's and my girlfriend at the time was out of town so we went to this bar that was actually almost like in a guy's house and I'm standing outside waiting for him to show up and all of a sudden this big fat dude goes up just wearing a diaper no sash nothing so we had to make one out of toilet paper so somebody the costume would somewhat make sense and ended up being removed from that bar permanently. <laughs> what do you got? We got about eight minutes to go. Um, um, I don't know. I just remember the the one New Year's Eve event that we did, and we all had to wear tuxes at this. Basically, it was a meat market bar. You know, so people don't go in there wearing tuxes. You know, they're in, like, the chicks are all in there wearing their best hoochie outfits. The guys are all in there wearing their tightest jeans and their tightest bro shirts. Of course, it's, you know, New Year's Eve, so it's fucking cold out. Nobody's bringing a jacket. Ed Hardy here's shirts, us. I believe. Yeah, I and mean, here's us all in tuxes, all the guys. I remember what the ladies had to wear. Um, maybe they wore tuxes, too. But it was just so surreal. And I remember, you know, I saw some chicks, and they were drunk, and, you know, they wanted a little show, so I started to, like, seductively unbutton my my tuck shirt and i think uh no, i think there's a picture of that floating around maybe in like one of the one of the beaver hunt photo 
collections or maybe some old shit from Facebook. But it's just like, what the hell? I know on Y2K when I was working downtown, I wore a white tux. Like one of the collarless shirts with the little rhinestone thing in the middle of it. Nice. And that one was, and those nights when you DJed downtown, I would start at six o'clock at night and we didn't end until I could see that people were either drinking water or laying on the floor, which usually was about seven o'clock the next morning. Yeah, that's right. They don't close the bars down at 2 a.m. on New Year's Eve. No, you just have to be closed by bar time the following night. God. So we would close for a few. The one time it happened on a Friday, we closed for like an hour just because the place was so disgusting that we had to clean. I think I ended up yeah. going and sleeping on one of those mystery couches in the basement. That couch that God, yeah, the couch that God knows how many waitresses got impregnated on. And oh, I know. Jesus. Yeah, the basement of that place was a real trip. If you ever want to dispose of a body, I know a place that... <laughs> the caverns under downtown lacrosse that are all connected down there great no, it, I mean it's a good place to make somebody stop existing but I don't think it's the best place to make somebody disappear or permanently make a, make a baby for god's sake yeah yeah. I remember this gal that uh, she was a waitress down there and she's dating this guy, you know, and got knocked up. They actually got married and another kid at some point. You know, it's one of those rare times where all that debauchery actually turns into a theoretically nuclear family. Jesus. Although I still remember the, the crack, of my, you know, I was talking to one of her girlfriends. I'm like, Jesus, if I knew she liked bald dudes, I would have asked her out. <laughs> I mean, this this guy was way balder than I was at the time. I was like, seriously? All right, whatever. got to look for pictures of you with hair. <clears throat> oh, they're out there. Hmm. Anyway, where are we going with this? Well, we were on New Year's Eve stuff, but we keep going off on many, many tangents. Yeah. See, there's really no point to this podcast all other than us just sharing stories of the, revealing the secrets of working in radio at times. The secrets, yeah. I don't know if the secret is now. You know, secret. talking to one of our coworkers retired and I ran into her at a parade and she's like, I'm so glad I got out because all they're doing is whoring us out. Like they want they want blog posts and they want all this extra material to put on social media and they want us to generate it for free and i'm like what the fuck you know granted you know there's not a lot of hard labor in radio no and you know a good jock should you should be tired after your show because if you get you exuded a lot of energy trying to be fun loving and energetic and hopefully keeping people's attention i you know i always thought that like you know at like the hours that we sit in together, I was usually more tired after that than the rest of my show because the rest of my overnight show was so fucking pointless. Well, yeah, and too, like for me, just being the person that I am, I have no problem going in front of like big crowds of people and stuff like that. But it takes me a long time to like mentally be up for it. And it just sucks the life out of you after a while. 
like I remember plenty of times just driving home in absolute silence after working downtown or doing something with the state like after my show plenty of times like I just didn't want to fucking hear anything or talk to anybody well I mean that's the that's the thing when you're like uh extroverted introvert you know it's like you know extroverts go out in public to recharge their batteries introverts go someplace quiet to recharge their batteries and they could come across as extroverts and be the life of the party but then they gotta fucking disappear for a while and tune out the world yeah like the last time we recorded for mofo and had those those weird chicks at john's that were dragging me all over town after you oh, failed Jesus. Um, <laughs> for, it was like a good week after that that I just had to go oh my god what is wrong with me well I'm sure there's a long list I still think it was weird that the chick at one of the bars said that having a number of sex partners that was like 65 or something like that wasn't that strange oh oh yeah the, the three young chicks at the, the bar John's yeah, because we were talking to this one guy, and then he just started talking my ear off and getting weird, and then you disappeared. And then I finally had to gnaw my own arm off to get away from this fucking guy. That and was the guy got... that said if he was the last day on Earth, he would just masturbate constantly. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, you peeled yourself out of that one and found the other gals who gave you much better audio. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... I'm still trying to wrap my brain around some of these millennial chicks, you know, and their their items of status and yeah, there's there's I understand you want to you know you want to look at men and women as equal, but there's some male attributes that are really not worth emulating. They there's nothing to brag about, you know. No, and there's no secret to it either. So I yeah. I, anyway. Hey, you know what I think we should do? Oh, dear God. We're making a two-part episode. So, because we're about to get kicked off here, we're going to sign off and go into uh, part two that I'm I'm going to completely blindside Todd with this one. You dick. (laughs) 